Hello and welcome to The Landed Podcast. I'm John Montgomery, co-founder of Landed, a travel company specializing in tailor-made journeys throughout Latin America and the Antarctic. At Landed, we're devoted to exploring these regions, searching out exceptional experiences and locations for our clients. The Landed Podcast profiles some of our favorite places and brings you conversations with friends we've made along the way, explorers, artists, and visionaries. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Nicolas di Costanzo, Nico Dico to his friends, is the product of a uniquely Argentine union. His late father, Gerardo, was the son of working-class Italian immigrants to Buenos Aires, a creative personality who inspired Nico's sense of adventure and imagination. His mother, Cristina, is the daughter of a patrician Porteño family. She endowed him with perseverance, devotion, and a focus on details. This combination of traits imbues his personal and professional life. After completing his degree in business administration at Universidad Católica Argentina, he diverged from the traditional career path to focus on hospitality. For two decades, he's worked in service and administration at remote lodges and hotels throughout Argentina. Now he's developing his own projects. He's the co-founder of Glamping Soul, a sustainable hospitality development group that opened Chal 10 Camp in 2019. Nico gravitates to destinations with breathtaking beauty and extraordinary wildlife. Iguazu Falls, El Calafate, El Chal 10, Esteros de Ibirá, and Bahia Bustamante. Along the way, he's helped redefine the nation's traditional concepts of hotel luxury. To him, true luxury goes beyond comfort. It's expressed in warmth, generosity, and access to nature. He envisions a future that returns us to simple pleasures that are vanishing, serenity, awe, and connection. At 42, Nico describes himself as grateful. The future as Nico sees it can only get better. Nicolas Di Costanzo, we're here in your cucha <laughs> on the property of Chalten Camp and El Chalten, Argentina, in deep Patagonia. And um, I'm just remembering back to where, where we met. We met in Awasi Iguazu, right? In 2018, I think? Yes. We didn't meet at Porto Valle before that? No, unfortunately not. It was just in, in Iguazu that you came with family. And, well, you were trying to, to run from one place to the other to see the waterfalls. And, and you get to the property with all your adorable four daughters behaving <laughs> perfectly uh it was so nice first impression and i remember you stuck a catatonic uh, tarantula on my head thank you yeah. we're uh we're in a, a rainstorm right now in a windstorm it's um it's march in patagonia the the winter weather has arrived a little early but yesterday we were hiking laguna de los tres and the uh, torre valley and uh, sorry about the background noise, but it's nature. We're in the middle of a, a what, a private forest, a private estancia, on the opposite side of the river from the town of El Chalten. Exactly. Tell me about this place. Well, the place, it's, uh, it's called Chalten Camp, and we start this project, uh, trying to find a place that, that meets the requirements of being 
different from from something close to town uh, and so we we found this piece of land that is bordering the national park it's just three kilometers away from town and it also has something really good is that it has a hill between town and our location so that's allowed us not even to see the lights of town so we have the best thing about being in the middle of the forest and being close to not a city but, <laughs> but just town yeah the town is is uh it has its charm it's a kind of a hippie town that grew out of a border you know protection program that argentina put in place in the 1980s and it's you know it's sort of ramshackle there's dogs here and there and no building looks like another building and I, that's part of the charm of the place we love that about it but um it's good to be away from the town and feel like you're in the nature of patagonia we're in the middle of a, a what a lenga forest here with some nires and um looking across the river directly at the fitzroy massif yeah something is that i work in the industry for a lot of years and i saw how it started evolving and and suddenly we wanted to claim luxury we wanted to to have things specials and at the beginning they were attached uh, to to wood to things that are more sophisticated or more luxurious but i still seeing the process of how things used to be also common that luxury and i went through i work in lovely places and all of them were related to nature they were surrounded by nature and i remember a guy that i was uh, working as a guide in valle bustamante and he mentioned that for him the past was the future that he he didn't like the concept of the cell phone it was prior to the cell phone i think that he was really happy with his notebook but notebook the real one with a pencil and and i start that marks me he starts saying that the past is the future and i think that it was like just a spark and when i start planning what about making uh, our company that is called glamping soul uh, it should be related to this is trying to evoke simple things trying to remember that we at the end we are animals part of a chain the that every time that we get in touch with that it's great so that's why uh, when we start our first property for chalten camp uh, for glamping soul is chalten camp and so when we started we went after the pioneer dream all the area that we are talking about crossing chalten the other side of the river and where we are now he used to be part of the Estancia of Andreas Madsen that he was the pioneer that he he settled here he had his family he spent his life and always I don't know the word is fighting nature but coexisting with nature but the real <laughs> intense cruel and and true nature so he had to fight with pumas he had he had to cross the river with his horses to come to this place he had to uh, defend his uh, sheep against the pumas so it was such a character and and we tried to get again to this to to come a place that's a cozy place that you don't feel that it's something by uh, in a big shop and that you enter to the house of someone so that was for chatting camp like the nerve 
and for glamping soul what we try to do is always have properties that they have the the rooms are not in a single building so you have rooms that are coexisting with the environment and you have a main place a main dome main house uh, so we'll give you a second to refill your mate here we're passing around a mate um when did Chel 10 camp open and is this is this your land or are you leasing it tell me about that well um it's a question that's still happening <laughs> because we the, the the simple answer is that we have a lease of the land uh, we are not the owners in this location the owner is a nice guy from rio gallegos from the area um and so a friend of a friend told me that he had a piece of land that would be ideal to to develop this project and because of the locations that we are 100 percent uh, of grid sustainables uh, is that it fits for this not for a big hotel and someone told me that he was willing to do something and that's it wasn't worth of mouth he he was nice and he was accommodating to make things happen and thanks to that we were able to start and when did you start the hotel and we started we start with contracts and stuff in september of 2019 and and well then we started in november the works and we end them that's when we start with the first if it's not that we <laughs> ended we were taken out because it started the pandemic and and so our master master plan that it was supposed to happen in uh, within one year we had to go little by little trying to adapt uh, and putting out all the uncertainty about pandemic so you were on pause for a couple of years Yes, uh, is what um, we start little by little. We started with four domes for guests, two domes for staff, and one kitchen and a main dome. And so let's go. Let's go back maybe to to the name of your company is Glamping Soul, and you're tr you're developing properties that have that have soul, right? They're not big. They're not corporate. They're in nature. And they give people a chance to disconnect and connect. Yes, there is Wi-Fi, but that's in the main dome. In your own cabin, your own dome, you're in nature. And there is luxury, luxury of place primarily, right? Luxury, luxury of experience. And there are some things that are luxurious about it. I mean, having flush toilets and hot and cold water on demand and and a wood-fired stove and, and warm bed with water bottles uh, to, to keep the toes cozy when you, when you come into the bed and turn down service and cookies and, you know, coffee and tea. All that stuff goes a long way for comfort. But I think you appreciate it more when you're in the middle of nature because you recognize more the effort that's gone into bringing it there because you're in isolation. I think it, it's like that. Yeah everyone uh, defined the comfort zone but i think that for everything the price when you grow when you're young when you grow in, in professionally talking every time that you are glad with something that you achieve something is because you had to go through situations taking out your comfort zone so 
is the same you go out let's put it in this way you go to the gym every day in the city and you get home you get a shower to go working and you barely pay attention to what you're doing but here if you go out and you make an eight hours trek or four hours trek or just you go out and get soaked because it's it's raining and then you return and you have a shower come on that's a real shower that's a luxury yeah, that's a luxury but you also uh, got out s further your comfort zone because it's not what you do every day so it's a payback so you go out and you have payback coming here so we try to have that in mind and and to build moments and experiences that are more related to to that Part of the luxury here too is knowing that this is a sustainable project that your power is generated by solar that your your water is treated in a way that it can be returned to the environment um, what other measures are you taking for sustainability and um, for us it's it's really important to to be real we hate greenwashing we love uh, to see how the markets we are one more in the ecosystem so there are a lot of people doing great things so i think that envy it, it doesn't lead to any place so it's not that i should be better than other but we strongly believe that greenwashing and trying to talk about eco to trying to to go further from reality isn't good and i think that is what's happening also with the planet and with everything we are getting better solutions just in the minute that we get struggled and we have real problems and for a property, for a project, I think that being green or off-grid or as green as possible demands a lot of effort if the, the environment, if the reality of the place uh, doesn't push you. So we don't have any alternative but to be sustainable. You have eight domes now and your plan is to bring another, as in another eight? Four. four. Another four. Um, the main dome has a living room, dining room, and the kitchen area is there. I should say that the food is one of the highlights here. Your chef Omar, Omar. is uh, he, he's doing a lot in a space that most chefs couldn't operate in. Um, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I think lunches are always pack lunch. We don't have service uh, that is think in that way. We don't like to say no, but it depends a lot on on the weather for example today that is raining probably we will have a lot of people staying they won't have the box lunch just taken out <laughs> and having them on the table probably they would be a kind of service but uh, the idea is to go out because chatting camp fits what what you do in in the destina destination you go out for trekking so we prepare the box lunches but if you stay we are going to try to accommodate you and you will have lunch but again it has to be with weather today is raining but if would be sunny really sunny the main dome also won't be the perfect place to have lunch because it can get hot so that's why it thought everything it thought should be outside yeah the last time i was here it was two weeks later in the season than this and it was bright sunny clear days every day we were warm and and nearly too warm so you never know with patagonia when well, the one constant maybe is the wind although in the winter time the wind is is less and you you may even have more bright sunny days in the winter time it's a beautiful place to visit in winter june july august but few people are here 
Um, with with four more domes, does that help you expand your service? Does that mean you can add additional amenities? Why add four more? Um, no, I think that it's going to to be more healthy for uh, for also for the camp and will allow us to to give good service and have all the stuff running more smoothly. At the moment, we are 16 in the operation. Um, and that means that we can accommodate 18 people. So uh, with another four, it's going to keep the same spirit of the place. Originally, we thought it would be 16, but we keep with with 12 and that is going to help. Uh, to have the place running smoothly on property if you didn't feel up to a big hike one of the major tracks that are here Cerro Torre or Laguna de los Tres or you know go, going to the big waterfall um, you can you can do hikes right on the property or near the property including to another waterfall yeah yeah so the, the thing about it, Chalten and Chalten Camp is that um, the highlights are Laguna de los Tres and Cerro Torre. So it doesn't matter if you stay at Chalten Camp or in town to go and do to do Laguna de los Tres it's recommended to take a transportation to lead you to Rio Electrico. So you start from there. So if you start from town or from here to go to Electrico that is one of the highlights is the same. And then to Cerro Torre, you are just three kilometers away that you can just walk 25 minutes, 30 minutes to town and you start it. Or we can also, the staff will accommodate and, and it helps with the transportation. Uh, but on property, one the highlights is just to be, I think, to be here. Uh, a clear day, you can spot the Fitroy. You are sleeping in, in your bed, in your dome, and you just wake up at night and you can see the stars and, and the Fitroy. If you are not John Montgomery, that you come and <laughs> rains for three days, <laughs> uh, but you can do that. And and so we have hammocks uh, on the river, just on the shore of the river, two picnic, two tables, uh, not picnic tables, two small tables with chairs, and a picnic table. So the idea is for the day that you get in or you get out, that you can just stay around. Uh, Outside the dome, you have also chairs and a small table, so you can stay next to the river in, in a good day. Uh, it's just a plan to to admire and sit and relax. We can uh, you can have the box lunch, or we can organize a picnic for you. And that's something that you can do without moving. And if you want to move at the entrance of the property, there's a trail that it can be done on demand i mean you you can do 15 minutes of work or you can do three hours uh, but chalten camp is between a huge wall and the river and so you walk all through that path and you can get up to to gendarmeria old post that is called la florida and then you come back but that's a plan for a day i mean we've talked about a lot of the hiking here, but Chalten is, is more than that. It's a climbing destination. You can do rock climbing here. There's a river, so kayaking and pack rafting, those are options. Of course, fishing, um, Desierto or other locations. And then um, yesterday on the hike, 
we saw condors right at the Marie, uh, the Margarita Waterfall. And you could spend time with a biologist learning about the condors and visiting their habitat from a distance, observing them. Or you could talk with climbers who've made it to the summit of Fitzroy. Um, there are cooking classes and cultural classes that are available. You can go meet with people who, who run an estancia and learn about their life if you wanted. You're three, three and a half hours north of El Calafate, which is another, probably the more famous destination in the area where more people go because I think it's, it's more accessible. Before we traveled here together, you took us to a really special place, um, a place that, that you know because you had some history there, but it's, um, it's what? It's across the Brazo Rico on Lago Argentino from the National Park. And from this peninsula, you have a, a, a good view of the Perito Moreno Glacier, probably the most famous glacier in South America. What are your plans in that property? Uh, yes, I think that what has to do with Calafate is not that it grew because it was more, it, it has a better access. When the, it started growing, it started uh, having an airport in Rio Gallegos. But then when they opened the airport at Calafate, that was the kick to start grow um, really, really fast. Um, we tried to find always places that are nice. Um, this place is really unique because it's not the national park. It's the same situation that we have here. It's bordering the national park and it has a great view of Perito Moreno Glacier and it's inside uh, of a stancia of a pioneer also. This guy uh, is called Jorge and he has been all his life fighting the elements and he has a stancia that is called Cerro Moreno and it's great because it's authentic so you don't know what will come so you go one day we when we were together we we got uh, stuck because of, of the rain and we tried to go there and we ended having a picnic next to the pichero is where you you leave all the saddles for for the horses the tack room yeah and and well it's like that you go on one day they are working the, with the animals they have hair forts all the day you go and they are working just doing maintenance all the day they are not at home like the day that we visit them uh, but it's something precious and i hope that jorge that is turning 81 82 is going to be there as much as possible because he's he's great and his family and and well that's about the 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 Estancia, but the place itself, the peninsula, it's it's great because it's allowed you to get the best of the best because you are in a crowded destination that you can see from our location far away the road, pieces of the road where all the trucks come and go taking people to the glacier and our plan is to, to let people know the glacier using a boat also to get to the walkways in the moment that everyone is going back to town and after the peak visitation hours. exactly just to the end of the day and also to make tracks around there are beautiful spots uh, to see and experience in the Estancia and experience to be in a dome you can also ride at your neighbor Estancia Nibepoeque yes. and uh, there's fishing um, 
but to be able to visit Pareto Moreno without the crowds at the most beautiful light, the time of the most beautiful light of the day. Um, and you're only, what, an hour and a half away from, from the National Park entrance or from town? From the entrance of National Park, we are just 20 minutes because once you enter Tunibepo, you are in the National Park. So the word that rounds the peninsula is National Park. So from Perito Moreno, from the walkways, you are one hour and 20 minutes by by land. And you, if if you do it by boat, taking time, you, you go and disembark and make a trek. And then you also navigate in front of the walls of the glacier you have like also one hour and a half also but enjoying the water not going straight to the walkways so you're planning to do your second camp on this piece of land on this private peninsula overlooking the lake and looking out on the glacier how many domes do you plan to do there and when would you expect to open we are thinking about to replicate this exact model of Chalten Camp to have 12 domes but to start only in one step because when you asked us when we started <laughs> and when we finished we're still finishing Chalten Camp in fact this April we are going to build the, the last four um, it was good for Chalten Camp and the situation in COVID but it's easier for the staff for everything planning to, to do everything in one step so we are planning to do 12 rooms to main domes and we start works hopefully uh, in July, August and uh, we are planning to end them to be able to operate the 24-25 season. You have a history with El Chalten. You have a history with Calafate too, but El Chalten is where you're making your home. And, and it's a place that has some... I don't know, magnetism, it seems to call people back, right? You, you opened a hotel here, what, 10, 15 years ago? And um, now you're back. What, what is the draw of El Chalten for you? What's the magic? And also something that I, I didn't tell you, it goes further than that. My father, he passed away when I was eight years and I, he left few things, but I think it generally happens with everyone. With someone goes from this life, it it leave he leaves a lot of things, but the ones that get to your hand are few of them. So I got a book that is called Casando Pumas en la Patagonia. The they are the memories of Andreas Madsen. So ironically, yes, we are 200 meters away from that place, and I grew reading the book from time to time, like knowing about the adventures of this guy. And, and then I get involved with life. I studied uh, business administration, I doing a conventional life. And then my sister one day told me that they were looking for someone for the administration at Los Notros, that it was in front of the glacier, eight kilometers away from Perito Moreno, in the other side where, I don't know, it's ironically, but <laughs> destiny, we are planning to do the next camp. So it's just in front of that place. So everything, nothing is innocent, everything is connected. Uh, and so when I, my sister made that call, I said, well, why not? And I just moved my life. I was 23, 24 years. And I went to El Calafate, to Los Notros. And 
it was such a bad time <laughs> not a good time the first three months they were really really hard so i sat with myself and i said to me well nicolas if you are not enjoying this is your decision but you can't turn the, the course because it's not a, a good moment at least give you three months to see if you can go through and then you take a decision and luckily after the first really hard month uh, i started enjoying and knowing people and and getting in the dynamic i never worked in a hotel before that moment and and well then long history to come to uh, i i with them they opened los cerros uh, and when they opened los cerros i was part of, of the team that came from el calafate to chalten to open los cerros so we entered to el chalten in a sandstorm so the vehicles the first time i i got to chalten the the road wasn't paved it was uh, a gravel road sunny road sandy road sorry and and i remember that the drivers they they got to chalten and they had to change the crystal of the vehicle because it was a seven the windscreen yeah the windscreen Wind, windshield. the windshield it was totally sand by the wind and and we were part of the team to come here to to open los cerros and and well it was such an experience it was great and after that season i i got to other company that was part of that group that was doing the navigation to the vietma glacier so that was the first thing i managed i was too young for that it was so stressful it wasn't the moment but it happened it, it wasn't the ideal moment for me to do that but it happened and after that i, I left chalten and then i start working more inside this kind of product for years and and then well here we are a friend told me that it, there were there were a place uh, that was great but something about Chalten was in your mind when you were living in Buenos Aires and other places you were thinking to come back here and so many people that I've met and talked to here over the years they had that same story they came once or they read about it in books and then they wanted to come back what is the magic of this place again you go out your comfort zone I think part of, of the payback that you have is like you you can notice that you are in a virgin place the the mountains are massive i think that takes you in dimension on, of what you are and i think that it, it's also to do with time it's at the time where pioneers came here and and tried to settle it was hard today in comparison is much easier but you still feeling that it demands a new to establish in the place and and nature is great the mountains mountains are there for you you have the river you have animals and i think it's hard to to put it in words but but it has a strong energy yeah this is one of those places that invades my thoughts while i'm trying to to drive or or maybe i'm on a run mentally i i might be here more than I am where I am. Um, wh while you pass the mate, um, El Chalten is in, a, is in a, a moment of potential growth. There are about, I think, maybe two or 3,000 residents here in peak season. I think that gets down to maybe 1,000 people 
in the low season, which is what June, July, August, probably the winter time. Um, the town has to make a decision. Are we going to expand the town boundaries so that people can have affordable housing and that these hotels and these um, tourism businesses can have the employees they need to, to provide the services to the visitors, um, which can swell to as many as 10,000 people uh, in peak season? Um, or do we keep the town the same size and not move its boundaries and try to find some other solution? You've thought a lot about this. What are your thoughts about the most hopeful approach for managing growth? Um, I think whenever you try to remember and to see places that, that grew, and I think again, it's like a living, a living being. It's, it's changed. It requires more things, other things. In Calafate, when they grew, they had, I was telling you, the moment that they built the airport, they didn't expect or imagine or plan such a growth. And so everything got collapsed. So water, gray waters, everything was over the over demanded and they had a difficult time. So in a way, when you see Chalten uh, and, and you want to, to keep the spirit of a small village, I think it's great, but it won't be possible you can you can put your finger and, and block the sun it's like it's it will require something to to do it needs to grow i think that is whenever you talk with some people they say no there's no space come on you you come from a calafate you have nothing more than space and and coirones <laughs> so the place is there i need uh, the strategy and what they need need to do is we need to do is is to plan is to have a place and to identify that why people come to al Charten. i think that is changing a lot also years and years ago the kind of people that come to al Charten, they weren't able to have decent good or better accommodations in town and the whole situation and experience was to sleep in the base camps so they were companies that did really well on and they take care about accommodations in the base camps and everything was more rustic and the people that came they were prepared to that years and years now you have more accommodations in town it's in, and so what happened is that people start changing so you have people that is in love with nature that come here from nature some of them honestly they don't know what they're what they are doing here and but they come because it's a beautiful place so i think that town needs to give a solution because we are going to face more and more people coming not to go straight uh, in nature and they require more infrastructure you need people to do so and in our case we have all the stuff lives inside inside the property it's good but it's again it's not something that we choose it's something that we need to do otherwise we can't hire the uh, proper people to give the service that we want so as long as town they don't i think the best thing is to create another town next to el Chalten, another location not too far where with no view of el fitroy el Chalten, and and to make everything happen there for the people that live all year in a way 
it sounds that if I live here, why should I stay in a place that it doesn't have a great view? At the moment, people can't find a place to rent or a piece of land to buy uh, with a logic price for them. So it's a change and at, at the end you don't have people that want to live year round so we were talking about our great stuff people goes out saying that everyone is so so accommodating so nice but the fact is that i know that for sure half of that team or more won't come again because they are just making an experience and going uh, out of a chat and there's no way to or get in love or start forming a family and settle because it's Im almost impossible so it's not my problem and it's not the problem of glamping soul with chat ten camp in two in 2023 it's something that is going through all the properties all town and and they need to to make something different how many nights do most people come i mean it, i think this is as more of a three or possibly a four night destination minimum two but ideally three or four and it's adaptable right it can it can work i saw people yesterday on the trail of every kind of ability <laughs> every kind of footwear <laughs> unfortunately but um, it, it can be adapted to the point that i think somebody who maybe isn't super active could still experience and appreciate the nat the natural side of things here but how many nights would you recommend well, um, as you are saying, minimum is two nights because for Chalten Camp, it doesn't make sense. Something, I take a minute, something that happened uh, for the destinations is that like 10 years ago, they start making the full day Chalten. So they start coming just for the day from El Calafate. That in a way of, a, in a way of point, the point is that it's easy to, to notice that it's, it's totally crazy because you have more nature here than there. A lot of people at Chalten, they said that that's, it won't be good for Chalten. And after years, then you realize that a lot of people get home saying to their close and, and beloved that they were wrong going to a Calafate and spending a lot of time and it would be better to stay more time in the Chalten. And so now they start growing. The, the, the length of the stay in the Chalten is bigger than in Calafate. And the reason is that when you go and try to spot the glacier, it doesn't matter what happened with the weather and you will do it. And here in El Chalten, you need more time because you get more chances to see it clearly. And we suggest you stay three nights. I think that three nights, it has to do also with the itinerary of the plan that you have for your trip. So if, if you know already part of Argentina and you're coming for Patagonia, you may stay four nights. You may stay for night and there are plenty of things to do but if you need to fit it in a itinerary that is for one first trip to argentina i think that that three is ideal two can can be <laughs> can be adapted to you have some <laughs> some good restaurants here in town now and some other fun things what are some of your favorite places in the town of chalten all right so the best one for me is, but again, it's totally on me, is uh, called La Cerveceria. La Cerveceria, it's, uh, it's a project of a woman that unfortunately she passed away uh, last summer. Uh, and she was the, 
permit number two of Alchalten. So it's a really traditional place. It's small, cozy. Uh, it's, it has its own brewery. You go and inside and they show you how they produce beer. So it's really authentic. Um, but always is really crowded. So it's really hard to, to arrange for our guests uh, a reservation so they can go and, and they will do it without waiting on a queue. Other place that is really funny is La Tapera. Uh, that it has the same situation. Chipo. Chipo from La Tapera. He's such a character. He's a, a big fan from Boca Juniors and everything is related to football for him. And you can notice in, in decoration of the place. Uh, and then you also have the asadores that is uh, for uh, meat eaters a great alternative they have also a vegetarian alternative um, but again it's like asado without asado for me sorry guys the veggie ones but <laughs> it's a great alternative for meat eaters and in that case we can arrange for guests uh, so th if you have the full board with us, we arrange that for you and you go to town and you have a uh, food experience and you know the town uh, from close and you don't have to wait or, s or have to queue for an hour. And for dessert, you have Domo Blanco. That is uh, an ice cream store that is great. It's the best, one of the best in Argentina for me. What's your dream, Nico Dico? What's your dream? My dream has happened. Is this? I dream. The only thing is that we move, we make bigger the comfort zone, and we keep on dreaming, and and we we enjoy what we do and what we get. And sometimes you need to to just stop and try to to dream, but a little bit smaller. I think that what I mean with smaller is that whenever you you grew. Uh, and you face situations, you face them from different angles. And so what it was a solution for you as a student won't be a solution an employee and what is a solution for you as an employee won't fit for an entrepreneur. So sometimes dreams need to, to re restart at this moment. And also dreams are not the same when you are alone, are not the same when you have partner. I have a partner, he's a friend from, from life for life in this project, Mariano. And so your dreams are not only yours, you have the dreams that need to coexist with your beloved, your family. And so it's funny. And the other day I told, I told you this before, I said to my daughter, hey, Sira, we are going to build another camp. And she stared at me and she said, well, okay, dad, but it's not enough one. So <laughs> sometimes dreams demand a lot of effort for, for part of the family. And I'm, I'm living, I, I, I try every day to be conscious, to be now here uh, and to say, well, I had a vision, I had the opportunity after going through many situations that, that you don't expect. Generally, you, 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 you imagine life as a line, a straight line. So you say, you, I start, I grew, I do, I get. And then you realize that you have a lot of curves to go through and and well, I, I'm really happy to to achieve what we did here. It was the, the the dream for a lifetime. I will never be able to go and be uh, uh, the manager, the front desk guy for the Hyatt. 
would never. So, no. <laughs> yes, my dream was always more related to this. I, 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 I started coming to Patagonia when I was 12, like thinking about fishing to be in nature. And now that I'm facing not just Charlton Camp, we tried also not to be cautious of what we communicate. And we start talking about Charlton Camp, Charlton Camp, and we didn't start saying about Glamping Soul. But now it's time to start talking about Glamping Soul, to start again redreaming, to start other other places. Another another set of Legos, <laughs> as you said to Sira. So I hope tonight we're having dinner with Marisol and Sira and my family's here. In fact, Cora, my daughter, is here. She's been in Uruguay for, what, four months? So she may have scruples about what I'm about to ask you, and she may, uh, she may have differences of opinion, but um, Nico, how should a proper Patagonian make a mate? Take us through the steps, all right? Okay, so I can make this as if it were a big secret, but if you buy a box of Las Mercedes, that is a premium herb, Sherva, it gets you through the steps. <laughs> so, so let's be clear. Now, this is just a can. We, are, we have here a can. And this can is, is not, it's just to refill the herb, but it doesn't have the instructions. But something that for me is really important is that you get the the empty pap pumpkin or the kind of matter that you have and you pour up to 65 percent of herb and Cora was telling me and it depends on each one for me it's without the bombisha and you put it upside down and you get all the powder down so you're covering the whole of the mate when you've got 60 percent of the herb inside no straw you're covering the whole of the herb with four fingers yeah. holding the top well, the bottom of the pumpkin uh, with the thumb, turning it upside down, shaking out all the dust, the powder. Like 10 seconds or less, and that's it. It depends on the, the herb that you have. Some of them has more powder, others less. And then you put it again in the position and you get the straw. What Cora was saying, that is true. The only thing you do all this, because if you don't, you may have problems and it may stack. The, the herb will stack. Uh, and when you suck the bombisha, you don't get liquid. Uh, that's all about that. Why, if you do water, once you get all the powder up, if you do water first or less, won't be such a problem. So for the first splash of water, hot, cold, warm. It needs to be, for me, it's warm. And it depends on you. My, my grandmother, she used to start it with i think it was with cold water and she split it out and what percent full no cold like from the it wasn't patagonia but from from the top it was cold but she she split it up out everything the first two uh yes i know you you do water until you see that uh, you can see the water in the in the herb. so when you notice that is humid it's that's a moment so once you've hydrated all the herb all the way up to the top of the herb with cold or warm water you put it out and then you start it you mm -hmm. dump that water out yes if it's warm it's easier to have it and if it's cold it's ugly and so you can do a little bit of sugar or not and it depends on you and then you start and you keep on doing mate 
So you pour hot, you, you empty out that warm water. Nico, Nico puts sugar in his, and the first pass, the first filling. Then he pours uh, hot water up to the point that the herb is floating. And then you just, you, you drink it until you're slurping, right? Until, until the water's gone. Then you refill it because you're a kind human being. And then you pass it to the person next to you. And it's a communal experience having a mate. You, uh, you'll, you'll always see Argentines or even on the trail yesterday, people carrying thermoses because they're, they're going to have a mate on the trail. It's, uh, it's another one of these um, simple luxuries of life to always have a warm drink with you uh, in the cold and in the, the wet. And um, you pass it around until, uh, uh, until sort of the, the herb doesn't make a sponge anymore. Once it's lost its sponginess, then you want to dump it out and, and start again. Cora, any steps we missed? <laughs> I would just say that you can't take the straw out and you can't stir it while the mate is being... It's not a spoon, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not a spoon. No. The bombija needs to stay fixed towards the bottom of the mate. It's a... It's a must. It's a must, yeah. Okay. All right, well, Nico, you're a... You're a friend I've missed, and I'm glad to see you again. It's great to be with you. It's a pleasure, John, to have all of you. It's like you, you, are, you, are, you are great people, and you also, uh, when we share, it's always everything is better. And it's good because uh, you have other angles. You have been around so many places. So, again, it's, it's revival. Well, thank you. Ha happiness is not real unless it's shared. We really appreciate you. I love what you said about the past is the future. All right, great being with you. Thanks, thanks a lot. Ciao, let's go listen to some more Folklorico. <laughs> if you'd like to know more about custom travel in Latin America and the Antarctic, reach out to us at landedtravel.com. Since 2006, Landed's success has been built on word-of-mouth referrals. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to rate the podcast or share it with a friend. Thank you for listening.